0: Okay, folks, we're going to look at chapter 5 through chapter 7 today. We're not going to get into the plagues yet. That'll be next week. We're going to look at Moses' two confrontations with Pharaoh. Now, I need to kind of point something out. People will say in their mind, okay, the Pharaoh here's name is Ramses, or Ramses the second, Okay. And that is the common name that is used in a lot of films, okay? Uh, Some other scholars would say his name is Amenhotep, Um, possibly, but that's a later pharaoh than what we think based on the dates. The actual reality is is we don't know what this pharaoh's name is. Hollywood needs to name somebody, and Ramses II was a very prominent, well-known dictatorial pharaoh in his day, okay? Did a lot of construction, a lot of conquest, so it kind of fits the bill for a movie. But the reality is, is the scripture doesn't tell you the name of Pharaoh. It just says Pharaoh. So you just need to know it's the ruler at the time of when this took place. So let's get into it today. We're going to look at the confrontations. Now remember last week, does Moses want to do this? Does Moses feel he has the ability to do this? No. Who's supposed to be Moses' spokesman? Aaron, okay? Now, when we last looked at this, Aaron and Moses go to the elders of Israel and tell them why they're there and the elders of Israel worship God. Remember? Remember? They worship the Lord because God is going to redeem or save his people out of Egypt. So that brings us to chapter 5 because now you've got to tell Pharaoh, right? You've got to tell Pharaoh that it's time to go. So in chapter 5, first of all, in verses 1 to 5, we see the meeting with Pharaoh. So Moses and Aaron told Pharaoh to release Israel... To hold a feast to the Lord in the wilderness. Now, it's not for a moment. God said he was going to take Israel out of Egypt to what? Bring them to the promised land. Is that not right? Now, when you look at what Moses is saying here, he's not telling him everything at this point. He's just saying, let us go into the wilderness. Wilderness, folks, would be the Sinai Peninsula to worship the Lord. Pharaoh rejected the request. Well, this is interesting. He rejected the request to let Israel go because he did not know the Lord. All right, so what Pharaoh's doing here is he's, he's hearing Moses and he says, I'm not letting the people go. Who's your God? I don't know your God. You mean he doesn't know who God is? No, he doesn't know who the Hebrew God is. Why? Because he's an Egyptian, and they have separated themselves from the Hebrews. He has no concern about who the Hebrew gods are. He's more concerned about who his gods are. Do you understand? And if anything, he's Pharaoh, and he thinks he's God. Did you understand what I'm saying? Pharaoh thinks he's God. For, his, for, for a god, Pharaoh, to acknowledge that there's another god do you understand? It's not good. So he's like, no, they're not going anywhere. They stated that God had met them and they must go worship him or they will be judged. So Moses and in say, look, you don't understand. We, we have to go and worship him. Because if we don't go worship him, if we don't go do what he's going to do to have us do, then we're going to face judgment. That doesn't sway Pharaoh either. Pharaoh accused them of keeping the people from their work. So the first thing Pharaoh is saying, look, you guys are just causing people not to do the stuff that they're supposed to be doing. You're keeping them from their work. Now here's what happens. The meeting doesn't go well, so Pharaoh decides to take some action. And so we all know this, okay? Pharaoh ordered that the people must now gather straw for their daily quota of bricks. So the Israelites had to produce a certain number of bricks each day. Now how they made their bricks is they included straw, which before this point, the Egyptians provided the straw for them to make the bricks with. Now Pharaoh is saying, let them gather their own straw and we're not going to reduce their quota of bricks. We still want the same amount of bricks to be produced, but you know, they seem to have so much time on their hands that they want to go off and worship some god. Let them gather their own straw. Let them gather their own straw. So the taskmasters relayed Pharaoh's order and punished those who did not fill their quota. So you kind of see the hierarchy. Pharaoh tells his leaders, his leaders tell the taskmasters, taskmasters tell the Israelites, hey, you can't g- we're not giving you any straw anymore, you've got to gather it yourself, and we still want the same amount of bricks each day. And those who don't fulfill their quotas are punished. The Israelites questioned why they were being treated this way. Isn't that normal? If all of a sudden your boss at work started just heaping garbage jobs on you and just making life miserable and had un- unrealistic expectations, sooner or later you're going to ask him what? Why are you doing this? What did we do? It's a natural human reaction, right? Natural human reaction, and that's what we see here. The Israelites question why they were being treated this way. Pharaoh pointed to their idleness and wanting to go to sacrifice to the Lord. Pharaoh says, look, this is happening because you guys seem to have a lot of time on your hands. Okay? You're slaves. You seem to have a lot of time on your hands. You're talking about going and worshiping the Lord. Wanting to sacrifice to him. Now, all right, now stop for a moment. Obviously, you can see what I have written there. The Israelite leaders spoke harshly to Moses and Aaron because their misery had increased. All right, now, do you blame the Israelites? I mean, at this point, they're rejecting Moses and Aaron. They're like, well, you know what? You guys came here and told us God's going to take us out of this place and uh, give, us a, give us back what was promised to us, to our forefathers, and we believed you, and we worshiped the Lord, but now it's just gotten worse. Now now our misery has increased. We've got to gather. We've got to same quota to meet, And they're not listening to Moses anymore. Do you blame them? Is that a natural human reaction on their part? Yeah. Yeah, because people come and tell you things all the time, and if you listen to them and it doesn't go well, you don't listen to them again, right? Isn't that right? That's what's going on here. Moses and Aaron, they don't, nobody wants to listen to them anymore. So Moses, here's what Moses did. Now this is something I think is very interesting. It kind of is an encouragement to you and I. Moses questioned why the Lord had sent him and brought trouble upon the people. So here's what Moses does. Moses goes to the Lord and says, God, I mean, you told me you were going to release this people. You told me I'm deliverer. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to release them from Pharaoh. And Okay, I'm here. I'm doing exactly what you're telling me to do, but it ain't getting better. It's not getting better. It's actually increased the burden upon them. Pharaoh has no interest whatsoever in letting them go. Now he's got them doing more work And that's what he's doing. He's laying it out open to the Lord because he thought the Lord wanted this to happen. Is that a natural reaction from Moses? All right, so let's stop for a moment before we talk about how the Lord responds to him. Let's let's just kind of digest that for a moment. What are your thoughts about what Moses is doing here? Okay, he's having doubt. Yeah, he's doubting whether or not God really told him to do it. That's good, Denny. But what are your personal thoughts hearing that Moses is going to God, talking to God that way? Everybody's talking at one time all of a sudden. Let's take who, who, who first, Jean, Go ahead. Okay, you can relate to it. Okay, is that what you were saying there? Okay, all right. Anybody else? Did I Yes. Okay. So your point is. My point is, rather than blind all your friends by all the way mistreating you, okay. So Moses, you're saying, did the right thing, going directly to God. Okay. All right. Did somebody else have a comment? Huh? Afraid of going to God like that? Okay. It's interesting. Okay. Rob, you say it shows that we can. Okay. All right. Anybody else? A thought? Comment? Do we want to do this sometimes? Let me just back it up. I mean, first of all, does everybody's got peachy, wonderful lives here that nothing ever goes wrong, right? Can you please raise your hand so we can see who you are? It's, okay on, weekends. it's on weekends, okay. <laughs> Except when the Eagles lose. Okay, all right. <laughs> Whatever, okay. Yeah, okay, so, but listen. Haven't you ever had a sense where God was telling you I want you to do something only for you to go down that road in the direction that the Lord is sending you and you just face one obstacle after another, one obstacle after another, and you just kind of are like, like Danny was saying, doubting. And you're what? Frustrated, discouraged, Brad, yeah. You're being human, yeah, well, God knows we're human. Yes, but we could be wrong. We could be wrong. That's exactly right. Okay, now let me just stop for a moment. I, I guess this is a good discussion because I want you to understand. Like I know Tracy, you said you would be scared. However, the testimony of Scripture is is that you can go to God and talk to Him. Okay, so all right, so stop for a moment. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verses seven through ten talks about the Apostle Paul after he received an abundance of revelations, there was given to him, verse 7 says, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. The very next verse says something very interesting. Three times I pleaded with God to take it from me. What's it expressing there? It's saying that, you know, here it is, Paul's got some sort of problem. He he calls it a thorn in the flesh, which was an ins- the word used there in the Greek means an instrument of torture. He's got some sort of issue. Satan's buffeting him, he says. And he goes to God and he says, God, take it away from me. He's begging God to take the problem away three different times. What, what, do, I, what do I want you to see? It's okay to go to God and pour out your heart. Listen, when you read the Psalms, The psalms are called laments. Many times you will read of a psalmist saying, Where are you? My enemies are encamped around me. They seek my life. Where are you, God? What we see here is a natural reaction from Moses, isn't it? Now what's the encouragement for you and I? There's an encouragement here. Yes. So you can go to God and say, "I'm upset about this. Lord, me, show me what what are you trying to teach me?" Okay. Yeah. What were you going to say, Danny? We don't know, but we need to go. What talk to him? Yeah. Do you understand? So I guess what I'm trying to do, why I'm emphasizing this is, is I need you to grasp and understand. Sometimes we have this concept of God that yes, he's in control of the universe. Yes, he's moving everything to one point where Jesus Christ comes back. But he died for you to have a relationship with you who wants to interact with you. And part of interacting and having a relationship is being what? Real with each other. It's being real with God and being being real and disappointed. I mean, another example, we just looked at it when we were back in Genesis. Remember Abraham confronting God about wanting to destroy Sodom? Would you destroy Sodom and the righteous as well? Abraham was a friend of God, wasn't he? See, I guess what I'm trying to encourage you with, see, our human tendency is when we're in the midst Of struggle and difficulty is to clam up, not say anything to God. And if you think about it, think about how fake your prayers are if you go to Him, Oh Lord, thank you for how wonderful everything's going. When in reality, in your heart, you're not thankful at all. Right? What were you going to say, Lord? Okay. And right now Moses is what? He's seeking clarity, right? Okay. Yes. Okay, but, but Okay, but I guess I would use a di- I personally would use a different word than clarity. Okay? I would use the word being real. And I think there's a difference between being real and bellyaching, Okay, because we're going to see in a few chapters ahead that Israel's going to go into the wilderness and they're going to be really good at what belly aching, okay, murmuring. Do you know what I'm saying? And God actually condemns the murmuring. I think there's a difference. I think the difference is being real is going to God and expressing what's on your heart. But notice something you're going to seek because we haven't gone further than just this statement. We're going to see that God's going to tell him what to do. And guess what Moses does? He does what God tells him to do. He just went and let him know how he's feeling. Yep, yeah. yeah. Because here's what, because here's what the Lord does. We're going to see this in a moment. The Lord is going to tell Moses. Here's why this is all taking place, and here's what I want you to do, and here's what I'm about to do. Do you understand? And you don't see Moses complaining anymore. Because he knows this is going to take place. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you folks, next week, I think it's very interesting. I don't know if you've looked at the plagues. Let me ask a question here real quick. We know there's ten plagues. Did Israel experience any of the ten plagues themselves? Okay, Brad says no. How many of you would say no? Oh, a lot of you say no. How about if I would shock you to say, yes, they did experience some of them. The first few of them. The first few plagues on Egypt were experienced by Israel as well. That's the final plague. That's the tenth one. Well, they they experienced, if they didn't, weren't obedient to God. But the very first few plagues, if you want to, it's a Bible study lesson for you. We don't need to discuss it right now. You're going to see that God doesn't make a distinction between Israel and Egypt until after a few plagues. Now, there's a reason why he doesn't do that at first. Because at this point, is Israel believing that Moses was sent by God and God's going to deliver him? No. Isn't that interesting? We'll talk about that next week, okay? Okay. But let's go on here. So Moses questioned why the Lord had sent him and brought trouble upon the people. He pointed out that Pharaoh had done evil to the people and had not released him. So here's what he's doing. He's saying, God, God already knows this, but Moses in his prayer basically lays out what's going on. You know, Pharaoh's done evil. He's not letting the people go. So the Lord told Moses that now, he will see what will happen to Pharaoh. Isn't that interesting? If you look at the text, God is saying, now you're going to see what happens to Pharaoh. So this was all part of God's plan. First of all, God wasn't shocked that first of all, that Pharaoh rejected. He already knew that Pharaoh was going to reject him. Second of all, God wasn't shocked that Israel did what they did. He already knew that. This is all part of God's plan. God says, Okay, I understand what you're saying, but now, now from this point on, Pharaoh is going to know that I'm God, okay? He's going to see what will happen. Now, the Lord states that he made a covenant with the patriarch and he remembers. He said, "I made a covenant with your forefathers, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." And I remember the covenant when I've heard the groaning of the people. So he's saying, look, this is about me and me being a fulfillment to what I said. Okay? This is about me and me being a fulfillment to what I said. Now, here's an encouraging thing here. Okay? First of all, we're no longer under this covenant, the old covenant. Is that right? Everybody agree with that? Okay. Okay. We're under a new covenant, which we're going to remember later in the Lord's table. The new covenant in his blood, right? Forgiveness. Not just forgiveness, but the restored restoration. Not just restored restoration, but now the promises that were given to Israel are our promises as well. We will share in them. Not just that, but we have a hope that one day Jesus will come back. And this life with all of its misery will pass away. Now, the problem is, is you and I go through stuff every day, don't we? Sometimes it's unrelenting, isn't it? Sometimes when it rains, it pours. And it's like monsoon season, right? Rain after rain. Flood season. But you can be encouraged because the God who made a covenant with you is going to be faithful to the covenant, not because of you. But because of who? God. Because of Jesus. Do you understand? So he's telling me, he says, I made this covenant. I remember. So Moses was to tell Israel that he will bring them to the land that he promised. So Moses, you're going to go back to Israel and you're going to tell them, I'm going to bring you back to the land that you were promised by me, God says. Now, of course, Israel's not going to listen to him at first, right? Okay, they've already decided, we're not listening to this guy, Moses. He's just making life miserable for us. Israel would not listen to the words Moses spoke because of their bondage. They didn't listen to him. They weren't going to listen to him at all. The Lord told Moses that to tell Pharaoh to release Israel. So he's saying to Moses, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell them, tell them to release my people once again. Now, Moses has already done that. You kind of know when you're not able to go back and talk to somebody again, right? So Moses has already done that. Moses pointed out that because Israel would not hear him, why would Pharaoh listen? Listen, I can see this is can't you appreciate Moses' relationship with the Lord? Lord, you're telling me to do this? Israel doesn't even listen to me. What makes you think this guy's going to listen to me? you got to appreciate the relationship between the Lord and, and Moses here, don't you? So the Lord commanded Moses to speak to Israel and Pharaoh concerning their release. Now, it's interesting. If you look at the text, okay, I find it very interesting the first part of the conversation, it says, the Lord told Moses to go do this. Of course, Moses points out, hey, he's not going to listen to me. If they don't listen to me, how? what makes you think? And then the next thing that's said is, the Lord commanded. So it went from being told to do this to a what? Command. Okay? You will do this. All right? So the writer then in this portion of Scripture then lists the heads of the households according to the tribes of Israel. Okay? So he lists the heads of the households concerning the tribes of Israel. So now we're going to get to the second confrontation. This is what we're going to spend the rest of our time on. So there's one more confrontation here. The Lord speaks to Moses and tells told him to tell Pharaoh all that he wanted. So again, Moses saying to the Lord, excuse me, the Lord is saying to Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him all that I tell you to tell him. Moses objected as he pointed out that he could not speak and that Pharaoh will not listen. So, okay, at this point, okay, this is, this is interesting to me. All right, so up to this point, okay, Bruce mentioned we... When we sense God speaking to us it's because we have his word, right? And we, we really struggle with doubts, right? Sometimes, did I really get that right? Is that is that sure? Okay, but that's not Moses's excuse here. He can't say that. Has Moses seen God? He saw the he saw the angel of the Lord in the midst of the flaming bush, right? God speaking to him directly, right? God showed him these signs to do, right? Moses is still saying, Are you, you can't send me, I can't speak. Isn't that interesting? What does that tell you about human nature? You know what I'm saying? What does that tell you about human nature? Yeah, we have a lot of excuses. And this isn't the first guy that does that. When we get to the book of Judges, we're going to see a guy by the name of Gideon. Gideon's told to go do this. Well, Lord, you know, I really need to know if you're going to do this. And so here's this fleece. And if there's due on it or if there's not due on it, you know. And and so that's just our human nature. We want to be sure. What, What drives us to be sure? What drives us to make statements like Moses did? What? Anybody? That's not sin. Fear, not fear of failure, but that's good, Shana. Fear. Fear of being hurt. Fear for your life. Because remember now, who's he talking to? Pharaoh. Now, who's Pharaoh? The big cheese, okay, the top banana, the head of the empire, the guy who thinks he's God, who has the power of the sword. To understand understand the power of the sword in the culture in that day, the power of the sword meant that he could have anybody executed he wanted. Would you be scared? Yeah, so of course, Moses pointed out that he could not speak and that Pharaoh would not listen. The Lord stated that Moses, this is interesting, that Moses will become as God God to Pharaoh, and that Aaron will be his prophet. Basically, God's saying to Moses, Moses, you don't have to say anything. You're going to be like God to him. And, you know, your prophet, now what does a prophet do? A prophet speaks for who? God. So your prophet, Aaron, will speak for you. Now this has little meaning right now, but when the plagues happen, You'll see that Pharaoh will begin to see Moses like God. Because things start happening that they can't control. They can't deal with. So the Lord stated that he will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply his signs and wonders. So, all right, I'm going to go tell you this is interesting. God already tells him, all right, you're going to go to him. Don't worry, you're going to be like God to him. Aaron's going to be your prophet. But by the way, his heart's going to be hardened. He's not going to listen to you. Just be, just be ready. And here's the reason why. Because, because of his hardened heart, I'm going to multiply my signs and wonders. It just gives me the opportunity to show that I am God. Now, folks, here's another thing I need to point out to you. This is all part of God's plan. What do you mean? Those 10 plagues had to happen. We're going to see later when Joshua takes Jericho. Rahab says to the spies, we heard what your God did in Egypt. And we were fearful. Now, do you understand why this is taking place? This is all part of God's plan. God's just not thinking about for the moment. God's thinking about for what? The long term. Do you understand what I'm saying? The long term. So, Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. So, it's going to give you a time reference here. Moses is 80. Aaron is 83 years old when he spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord told Moses to show the sign, show the miracle of the rod becoming a snake to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's sorcerers matched the miracle, but Moses' rod swallowed their rods. So these, these, the Egyptian magicians or sorcerers or whatever wise men could do the same thing that Moses was doing, but Moses' rod, which became a snake, ate their rods. Okay? Ate their rods. That's always a cool part of the movies, isn't it? Okay? Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed Moses and Aaron. Now, just for an interesting note, if you look in your notes that you got when you got there, you'll notice um, that there is a biblical note uh, concerning two guys named Janus and Jambres. Okay, This is from, this is mentioned in, I believe it's mentioned in Jude. And this is the names of the the, Jews believed to be the two chief magicians or sorcerers during this time. Now, Exodus doesn't tell us their names. Jude tells us their names. Okay? So I gave you a note there concerning those guys. Okay, so next week, when we get to this, we're going to see the ten plagues. So again, go study your Bible. You're going to see that God allows them to go through, Israel to go through, some of the plagues, not all of them, just for the first few, before he makes a distinction. To understand, before he makes a distinction.